It's a brace for the 18-year-old and three points in the back for Chicago. Federico Navarro weaving his way through, and it's in. It falls for Shaqiri. The Swiss international back onto the score sheet, and he doubles the fire lead. All righty, football fans, welcome into another episode of the Intercontinental Football Show. We're almost at triple digits, 95th episode in the history of the pod. I'm your host, Tyler Terrence, commentator for Major League Soccer on Apple TV and on-air personality slash ambassador for the Chicago Fire. Glad to have you here with us. Joining me as always is none other than producer extraordinaire, Philadelphia Union fan and winner of our bet after the Union defeat the Chicago Fire this weekend by a score of 1-0. to He is Emmett McConnell. And we are excited to talk about the Chicago Fire this week. Not so excited to recap the 1-0 loss against the Philadelphia Union. But um, some positives to take away, I believe, before we get into that. Mr. Emmett, how are you, my friend? How was your concussed head? Um, you've thrown out your back recently. What what What's going on with you? That wasn't recent. That was a while ago. But oh, that was a while ago? Okay. When you were telling the story about you throwing out your uh, back playing cornhole before we came on air, I thought I thought that was recent. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're getting up there now, so back problems are becoming a thing. Um, and everything's coming along. I mean, listen, the the union did. I don't think deserved to win, but they did. Mm. And we'll, we'll get there. That's we'll get about there. it. We'll get there. By the way, um, Emmett and I were texting last night, and uh, we were just setting the time for recording. We're recording this on a Tuesday morning, and he goes, "You got your shot ready." as if I was going to take this shot at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, but I appreciate you as my producer wanting me to be a little bit uh, liquid uh, for the recording. I, I do appreciate that, but it was not going to happen at 9.30 in the morning. I will do it at some point. I need to go out and get some alert, unfortunately, or I'm going to go to a bar and I'll take a little selfie video and then and then we can post it. But um, yeah, it's not happening anytime before 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I think that that's where, where I'm drawing the line. But as a wise man once said, it is five o'clock somewhere. So let's get into it. Um, along the banks of the Delaware River, brisk night. When Chris Mueller is wearing gloves, you know, you know it's a cold night. Um, biggest surprise, obviously, the fire electing to go with the three back for the first time in the Ezra Hendrickson era starting a game in that fashion. I think we've seen it before when they were chasing after some games. But if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that they have officially started in what you could call a 3-5-2, 5-3-2, whatever you want. Um, Kai Kamara and Casper Shabilko up top, Shakiri playing in the 10. And then, of course, you had your central midfielders between Fabian Herbers and Gaston Jimenez. And then it was Kendall Burks, Rafa Shihos, and Carlos Tehran. Along the back line, Miguel Navarro as your left wing back and Arno Suke as your right wing back. Now, before we get into the yellow cards and the disciplinary issues and all the fun stuff, I will say... These were some of the best starting positions for the fire going forward that we've seen potentially in the Ezra Hendrickson era so far. I loved how far up the field Miguel Navarro was. I loved how much pressure Arno Suke was putting on Philadelphia's back line. And you really didn't see too much of Kai Wagner getting forward. You didn't see a ton of Olivier Baizo getting forward. Um, and that's when Philly are operating at their best. They don't need to have them involved in order to be successful in the attack, but when they are, that's that is when they look their best. And obviously, Philly can be very direct sometimes, and it can look very linear. Um, but the two striker system was working. We know that Casper likes to operate in a two striker system. That's what made him so successful at Philadelphia alongside Sergio Santos. And 
given the injuries that the fire have had to the likes of Jairo Torres, to the likes of Federico Navarro, Chris Mueller started on the bench. This, I think, was a way for Ezra Hendrickson to get the best 11 players on the field or what he believed to be the best 11 players on the field. And you saw Chris Brady get his first start of the season, his second ever MLS start. Even though Spencer Ritchie did play a good game, everybody kind of came into the season expecting that Chris Brady was going to be the number one. And I thought up until the red card, the fire were outplaying Philly in a lot of departments on the field. Um, Emmett, call me crazy, but as somebody who is on the other side of this coin here, um, I really did think that the fire did a good job defensively. Obviously, there were things some some things left to be desired, particularly down the left-hand side of that three-back. But when it's a formation you've never started a game in before and you've got some new faces and everything like that, it's going to take some time. But attacking-wise, I thought the fire – I mean, Shehos probably should have scored inside of the first 60 seconds. And I thought that they did enough to be able to get a goal and to be able to get something out of this game up until the the second yellow card for Fabian Herbers. Am I – looking through this through um you know tinted glasses right now or what no i think you i think you're quite sane here i think chicago's the better team and even when they had the red card they still looked pretty good defensively i don't think the union ever looked like they were going to score except <laughs> for maybe that one play the header across that carlos tehran made a great st- uh great stop blocking ali bedoya that was probably the only chance the union had well gaston jimenez cleared one off the line as well so two clearances off the line. That's not that many. <laughs> but, the, but the union never looked like they were going to score. <laughs> not to me as a union fan. I just the whole time I was thinking this is going to end zero zero or Fire's going to steal one. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So obviously the yellow cards ended up playing a huge role in this. And Ezra Hendrickson, you know, saying after the game that he told the guys at halftime, we got a number of guys who are on yellow cards, Tehran, Miguel Navarro, Fabian Herbers, Kai Kamar, like guys were on cards. And he said, let's not do anything stupid. And keep in mind, this is a group that did have some disciplinary issues last year. And Ezra addressed them last year. And they seemingly sorted it out after it was sort of addressed in a team meeting and, and in a more formal way. And, Fabi gets tied up with Jose Martinez in a little bit of tete-a-tete meeting of the minds type deal over on the far side. Both of them get cards. Then the challenge that he was late on, regardless of whether or not he, how much he actually catches of the opponent, the intent, the intent, as well as the nature of it studs up how high the challenge was. So it's another yellow. 1000% it's another yellow. And it's really frustrating, particularly for somebody like Fabi, who knows this group, who knows that they're going to bait you into challenges like that. And Emmett, you and I were talking about how good Philly are about playing those games. and But they're savvy about it. I mean, Jose Martinez, Alejandro Bedoya, and Leon Flock, they are going to nibble at you the entire game. They're going to piss you off. That's their whole thing. And the fire, I think, got caught up in it. And didn't really need to either because they were playing well. And because they were stymieing the Eastern Conference champions from a year ago on their own patch. They were doing enough. They were doing enough in between the lines and in the game of football, they were doing enough to be able to win the game, but got caught up in some of the other stuff. Adrenaline was running high and you're looking to get your first three points of the season on the road against a very good team that that is always going to have a target on their back. And it was just a shame to watch Fabi go off and then the entire game changed. Then it was mountains of pressure from Philadelphia, dealing with balls in the, balls in the box, even, but like Emmett said, 
I still think that the fire held up defensively, were cohesive, were emergency defending, and doing things that they needed to do in order to get a point. Now, let's talk about the goal. Yes, mistake from Chris Brady. What is it about Subaru Park and red cards for the fire and mistakes from teenage keepers? I've seen this story before. Gaga Slonina tried to catch that ball that was coming down right underneath the crossbar, hits off his hands, goes in. Wyatt Omsberg, red, red card. That phantom call uh, on Corey Burke. I believe that was a couple of years ago now. I mean, it's, it's the same thing over and over. Um, and you can't make it up. And the thing is, is that I saw the Chris Brady goal. That was the first thing that I saw from the fire game. Once I was done with my Seattle-Cincinnati game, I go on Twitter. I'm looking at some of the highlights. I see, I see the goal that Brady gives up. And I'm like, man, that is, that's obviously a big mistake. Cost the fire some points. You know that's going to happen with a teenage keeper. Gaga made three of those that specifically cost the fire games against FC Cincinnati, Philadelphia Union, and Red Bulls. Those are the three that, that, that jump off the page from Gaga last year. Still get sold to Chelsea for $10 million. So everybody settle down as far as the mistake is concerned. But Emmett, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought Chris Brady played a really, really, really solid game outside of that one mistake. Made a I was of really people. impressed with him. For his, really impressed. I, I thought Slonina and his first games for the fire was a little shaky as you expect a, what, a 16, 17-year-old to be in a professional game at that level. I mean, think back when you were 16, what you were doing. Chris Brady as a teenager playing this game was phenomenal. I get that mistake. That's, it's harder than you think. Trust me. The ball was knuckling. It bounced right in front of him. Came up at a weird angle so he couldn't get his chest over it. He made a mistake. Don't let me get it wrong. But he was great up to that point. And all game I was thinking, man, Chris Brady, what a game he's having. He's, he looks in control. He looks confident. Like, that's something you can't control. That's something you can't teach. Yep. And, I, I mean, I felt really bad about that goal. I know some people were celebrating, but I was like, uh, all I could think of was Chris Brady. I was like, that – Union didn't deserve this. Yeah, but you've got a you've got a little Chicago fire in your in your heart, so you know you you're gonna you're gonna. I didn't want to have to take a shot. I I, <laughs> I wanted you to have to take one. Well, I'm going to because that goal from Joaquin Torres ended up being the decider, and it finishes one nil. Goal came in the 89th minute, and like, listen, I, I the the responses on Twitter and on social media from fans and everything like that, it's nauseating. It really is. I mean. You go on the road, you play well enough to get to be able to get a result, if not get three points. You're playing in a new formation, injuries galore, and Fabi gets baited into a second yellow. Then Kai ends up getting sent off, and then this mistake from your teenage keeper who played a great game. I get it. It it just feels Chicago fiery. I understand. And like it. it it's still incredibly early. You still were dealing with the fact that you had three starters from a year ago who weren't able to who weren't able to start the game if play at all. And I'm talking about obviously Torres and Federico Navarro in that sense. Um, you had Kendall Burke starting his first game of the year. Chris Brady starting his first game of the year. Shabilko and Kai Kamara playing together for the first time in a in a new system under Ezra Hendrickson. There was a lot that could have gone wrong, and there was a lot that could have been left to be desired. But again, I thought that the heart and the organization and the willingness to buy into a new formation on the night was something to be applauded from this group. And I know that fans don't really want to hear it, but that's just, that's just the case. It, it's, it's just the truth. So you can move on from it and, and you can just simply pick yourself up, dust yourself off and say, all right, now we got a huge game against FC Cincinnati at home. 
and it's going to be chilly this weekend, Emmett. Let me tell you, it's going to be about 20 degrees, and we we just it it it's, it should be a great atmosphere nonetheless. Though big game against an FC Cincinnati group that the Fire beat at TQL last year by a score of three to three two. Brian Gutierrez and John Duran running circles around Pat Newton's group, and not for nothing. That game at TQL last year at the end of the season, Cincinnati had an opportunity to clinch their first ever playoff spot in, in MLS um, or in their tenure in MLS, and the fire denied them of that opportunity by just simply winning the game outright. So Cincinnati's going to feel like they they owe the fire something. I actually was talking with Pat Noonan before their game against Orlando a couple of weeks ago, and he mentioned that game to me and said, we owe them one. Um, but this is it, there has to be a response here, and there has to be a response for it just need, it just you're looking for three points. It doesn't matter what the performance looks like. It doesn't matter if it's the, it, it's gotta be three points, especially coming off of a, of a game like that, where you played against a, a, an elite team like Philadelphia and felt like you did enough to be able to win the game. Um, obviously bodies and numbers are going to be an issue. You're going to be without Kamara. You're going to be without Fabian Herbers. Um, you know, we'll see what the availability is of, of Jairo Torres and, and Federico Navarro. Um, you expect Chris Mueller is probably going to be close to 100% fit, if not right there. Um, but again, you never know. And we'll see if Ezra decides to roll out this same starting 11. Um, it might look it might look a little bit different formationally because Kai Kamara is obviously not going to be available. You expect probably Mauricio Pineda to slide in for Fabian Herbers. But um, this is a game that the Fire can certainly win, despite the fact that Cincinnati have looked very good at the start of the year um, with two wins and a draw. I do think that they have some spots that that the fire can expose, and they're also going to be without Nick Hagland, who got sent off in the 84th minute of their game against Seattle, a 1-0 win thanks to a goal from Brenner, the $13 million man. So Cincinnati will be um, a little bit undermanned along their own back line and their own back three, um, playing in a 3-5-2 as well. So this should be a very interesting game. Pat Noonan's group is organized. They are much better defensively than they were last year, but they're not scoring at the same rate as they were last year. But again, it's so early and you can't really make these overarching judgments about teams just yet, but um, should be a fantastic game. And Emmett, I can happily say I will be on the call for the Chicago fire game this week. And I could not be more pumped to be back in soldier fields um, with a phenomenal crew a lot of the crew is actually the same that we use for the past three years um, with the fire games on WGN. So, you know, it's going to be a fantastic product. What's going on in the TV truck and everything like that. My broadcast partner, Devin Kerr, does a spectacular job. Um, so we are going to have a great time and um, it, it's going to feel really good to be back in the booth at uh, Soldier Field, which doubles as a studio apartment because it is the best booth in in all of Major League Soccer. There's a bathroom inside of the booth. And for anybody who doesn't understand that, that is the clutchest thing of all time for an announcer. I was sprinting through the halls of TQL Stadium this past weekend, trying to make sure that I could take a tinkle before before we came back on air. Um, I had about 90 seconds to do so, but uh, having a bathroom in the, in the, in the booth is, is a luxury and a half. It ba- basically is the Taj Mahal of booths in Major League Soccer. Um, but it should be a great game, and, and I'm looking forward to it. If you haven't done so already, head over to MLSsoccer.com or head up to, excuse me, ChicagoFireFC.com. I feel like I'm you know reading my read now uh, for Apple TV. Uh, and go get your tickets for the game if you haven't already done so. It should be a fantastic atmosphere. Emmett, I will, I will take my shot. Um, I don't know when that's going to be yet, but I will take it. Maybe after the game on on Saturday, who knows? But um, it's coming your way. I'm a I'm, I'm a man of my word. A Terrence always pays his debts. Yes, I'm comparing myself to a Lannister. Um, Weren't they the bad guys? They were the bad guys, but 
I guess I was the bad guy in this bet because I lost. The bad guy is always the guy who lost. Right? Yeah, because otherwise the story would stink if the good guy loses. No one wants <laughs> to see that. Um, anything that we, anything that you want to touch on regarding the uh, the Philly game, Emmett? That we that we didn't already mention. I mean, I feel like just a just a weird one, just a really strange game. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I'm moving past it as soon as I can. Obviously, we got the Champions League game coming up uh, on Tuesday. So by the time you listen, to this game might have already happened. But uh, I think at this stage of the season, it doesn't really matter more than just you know one showing that you're moving somewhere good or two getting points. The Union got points. I thought the Fire showed that they were making progress. They went on the road into a stadium. They played a, I thought a five back system looked quite strong. Uh, and they almost came away. I, well, let's be honest. We're unlucky to come away with at least a draw, despite having two red cards. So, yeah. um, you know, I've never put too much weight into the union start of the seasons. They <laughs> usually are pretty poor. I mean, look, they drew, what, like 10 straight games without 11 straight games without a win last season in the spring. Like yeah. And they went on the MLS Cup final. So I'm not putting too much weight onto it as long as you can kind of see the pieces moving, as long as you're picking up points here and there. Um, so for the fire, that's that's gonna be the big thing. You saw some progress in this game after the opener. Now you got to see something better in the next one. You had to see bringing up three points. Yep, it's true. Next three games for the fire will be at home against Cincinnati. Then they'll be on the road against Inter Miami, and then at home against DC. So games to be had, games to be won, points up for grabs. And I think that they are, you know, this is MLS. They're in every single game. They are going to have opportunities. And like we talked about last week. This is a group that finds ways to be in games even when they don't deserve to. But problem was with the Philly game is that they deserve to be in that game and they deserved a result out of it. It just didn't come off that way. I got a question for you. Do you think they're going to show up again in a five-back system, three-back, however you want to phrase it, against Cincinnati, match up to their five in the back, or do you think they're going to switch back to a four-man system at home? You know, if Kai didn't get sent off, I would probably say they would have stuck with it. But he did. So now, what are you looking at in terms of you know who's going to join Casper Shabilko in that position up top? So I really don't know if I had to. If I was a betting man, I'd probably say I don't even I don't even want to say it because I I, I genuinely don't know. You could you could potentially slide up to somebody up there with him. You could put Chris Mueller up there. Um, so I, I I genuinely don't know. But I thought that it looked good, and again, the starting positions are really good, and then you can sort of match up man-for-man against Cincinnati um, in that fashion if you decide to go with a three-back because they're effectively playing the same formation. So maybe that would make things easier. Um, But, you know, we'll see what Ezra Hendrickson has in store. I know that was kind of a political answer, but um, I genuinely just just don't know because we hadn't – because we haven't seen something like that. You know, it's pretty easy to predict what Ezra is going to do most weeks because it's a 4-2-3-1. It's just a matter of who's going to be where. But now that we have another proof of concept in terms of formation that the Fire are comfortable playing – now it's anybody's guess in terms of what they're going to roll out, which is a good thing because now you're keeping the opposition on their toes as well uh, when it comes to watching film. But anyway, again, 7.30 local time kickoff against FC Cincinnati this weekend at Soldier Field. Head over to chicagofirefc.com slash tickets to go and get your tickets now. Um, excited to be on the call. Emmett, thank you as always for jumping on here and um, you know providing a bit of balance uh, when we're recapping the Intercontinental Classico uh, between the Philadelphia Union and the Chicago Fire. Um, But folks, have a fantastic rest of your week. Uh, Hopefully, I'll see some of you out at Soldier Field on Saturday. But if not, enjoy the game on Apple TV and MLS Season Pass. And we will talk to you soon.